Interstate Batteries offers a wide variety of batteries for your everyday needs. Stop into one of their thousands of retail locations and talk with a battery specialist about batteries for your truck, trail cameras, and even those weird batteries for your rangefinder. Interstate Batteries even offers cell phone repair in certain locations. For more information, visit interstatebatteries.com. Interstate Batteries, outrageously dependable. So I think I'm going to pitch Gum Broker on letting me do a jingle for them. Yeah, I just heard it. Let's go. Shopgumbroker.com. It's such a good jingle. That sounds oh, like too much like Menards. It's Menards. I was about to say. Yeah, but that's what I mean. Uh, Menards fits everything. Okay. You know, there's a few people know this, but from my advertising days, you know, the around here we had uh, the hammer. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And so there, there's, yeah. So there's agencies that just replicate those like regionally and it's like you buy that campaign like they'll have those jingles and then they'll reuse them in other regions oh what yeah it's kind of funny huh so but anyways yes shout out to gum broker thank you for sponsoring the uncensored podcast and for really tolerating all the ridiculousness uh that happens here um but check out gum broker for all of your hunting season needs got waterfowl coming up so if you need to find a new gun there's uh tons of new products and tons of used products lots of options so go check them out um i know i know i have a good story about brad dumb oh, no. those are my favorite types of stories yeah. um brad but i'm what did you guys do this weekend uh i hunted friday afternoon and uh what we do saturday evening um Friday afternoon, I talked about like the small. This is really I'm kind of hyped so this up. It's really not it. that crazy. Uh, it's just I don't want to like spoil stories over text. So I'm like, wait till uncensored. I'll tell you, it's not like that crazy. Uh, this is the story like we went out and didn't see anything. Well, I mean, obviously, <laughs> <laughs> duh. Perfect uh, content for a podcast. Yeah, no, uh, but so we talked about this new parcel that we're going to uh, last time. That's like really close to my house it's a small piece found out that erica knows some people that have hunted there and like turkey hunts close by all this stuff and this is public land yeah yeah Yeah. she was like they're probably like from what i've heard there won't be people out there uh during archery season so we're like okay cool we went out like scouted it briefly went out there and there's a clear cut for a power line that we went up and there's like a hill that kind of crests and goes down and then you're looking into just like all this at, like feel like crp and using What's the crp that's like nice said that today. yeah and i don't actually know exactly what it is and i've okay. googled it before and there's like people refer to it as multiple different things like it's kind of a ambiguous term it means something but like to me when i say it i just mean like tall weedy kind of like thick grassy type stuff oh, like okay um it means something i'm sure dan's looking it i'm up looking here. it up i feel like the c is conservation I don't know why I'm thinking that. Yeah. Brad but, is giving you the look. Like, oh, do you know what it is? No, I just move on. <laughs> <laughs> why? Well, I just, just A CRP field is Conservation Reserve Program, a land conservation program that improves there habitat. Okay. No, that's not what I'm talking. There's, some, there's something else. Many a hunter has heard the term CRP, which has become synonymous with the thick, brushy parts of a property that that's, is ideal deer habitat. 
that's oh, what yes, I'm about. that is what a CRP field is. The acronym stands for Conservation Reserve okay. Program. Right. So the second part of what you talk about is what I'm referring to, like thick stuff. We're looking down in it with our binos, and we're like, oh, it's matted down. Like, there's trails running through it. Like, that's primo stuff. There's woods that line up with it. Like, okay, sweet. It's That's all private, but the public butts up to it. And so there's two, like, little inside corners. I'm going to sit on one. Phil's going to sit on one. Wind is blowing from that field into the woods. It's going to blow our scent deeper into the woods, and we're going to hunt hoping that a buck cruises that woods line. So, like, cool, that's the plan. We go out Friday afternoon to do that and get all set up and i go to the one side of the property phil goes to the other i get all up in my saddle ready to roll good setup nice tree great shooting lanes like can see out into the field but have great views of the woods everything like that i'm like okay this is perfect and i'm like kind of scanning the area and i look to my left and i see this big black blob and i'm like what is that like what the heck are we looking at here it's dog man and he killed phil that time of Uh, year (laughs) (laughs) so not a crazy story we've all been there yeah yeah and so like i get out my monocular or whatever and i'm looking at it and uh it's very obviously a cow i'm like (laughs) on on the public land not dog man private land So I'm like, oh, man, that sucks. Well, I'm, like, sitting there. And, like, we've talked about this multiple times on the podcast. Like, deer will just adjust. Like, cows aren't, like, going to ruin your hunt or anything by that. So I'm sitting there, still feeling all right. I told Phil. Well, then, like, an hour later, he texts me, like, just had five or six cows walk right by where I'm at. So you're on public land, but you're on the edge of private land. Yeah. And so is there a fence? Didn't know it, but. Yeah, <laughs> there's a barbed wire fence from the field into the woods. And then we get out into the field, and, or I get down from the tree after not seeing anything, and I'm going to walk across to where Phil's at, and I look out into the field, and there's like 35, 40 cows in the field. So what we scouted was literally just cow trails and cow bedding in this field. We just basically hunted cows for the <laughs> evening. We just wasted a whole I don't know, evening. man. The uh, I used to hunt a 35-acre spot down in southeast Kentucky, private land, and the farmer there would run. He would kind of move his cattle around, and he said the deer followed the cattle. Yeah, well, to add insult to injury there was like zero deer sign in the woods and you would assume that if like deer were cruising that field line there'd be browse there'd be uh trails all this stuff i was looking my whole way through there for a rub or a scrape or something and uh no so that little slice there was no good and then uh saturday we went out and so that that was the public land experience i'm explaining like we went out just brief like briefly scouted it like oh nice doe bedding like we're gonna be in the money here no it was terrible uh so we're not gonna hunt that anymore there's other parts of that property that are good and then we went out saturday uh phil couldn't go so me and tucker went and this was a different like a large piece of public that me and Phil uh, hunt a lot. And Tucker hadn't hunted there since he was a kid, so it was cool going out with him. And there's this, like, Is really— Tucker the one we fished with? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, we played baseball against each other, like, our whole lives. Um, and so we've known each other forever and just started hunting together, like, in the last, I guess, year and a half. Um, but uh, so we get out there— and I was showing Tucker there's this big, like, burn area slash logging area that has grown up, and this is, like, legitimate bedding. I mean, we we know this to be, sure, like, true. We've 
scouted this whole area a lot multiple off seasons hunted the area a lot and there's giant bucks out in this area so it's like okay let's go get uh the wind's going to be blowing out of that field into the woods let's go there's a logging road that runs behind it and it's like a freaking i mean super easy hike in it's like basically follow a logging road turn right on another logging road and it's like you're walking trails it's really nice so we get get back there and this time like really scouting to try to find some sign to set up on because i didn't want to repeat of what we just did uh and so we get out there we're looking around and boom there's a rub and i'm like okay sweet look a little bit beyond that there's tons of blowdown and what looks like maybe like an older logging area but it's just like very clear and like that thick what i call crp i, I may be referring it to the wrong thing but it's just like thick nasty stuff up like, on the crp mm-hmm. yeah it's a it's a thing i don't know i've looked it up uh but it's like just thick stuff looks like great buck bedding cool uh i was like let's set up here and then i was looking at it and looked to my right and there's kind of like this knobby hill looking thing and i'm like let's go to the other side of that and like we'll just run down there it's a logging road we'll just zip down if there's nothing there we'll come back and we'll find a place to set up here we go over there look off to my left it's like clear trail running from the burn area to this thick area to our to our left the blowdown area and there's a beautiful rub right there clear trail and an intersection of two logging roads so it's just like there's a lot of stacked like uh areas to hunt there so talking to tucker i was like okay what do you how do you want to set up he's like i'm gonna go to the other side of the thick blowdown stuff that we found in the woods and i'm gonna set up there and if anything comes out that way i'll hunt that and if anything comes the other way i'll hunt it there's another logging road there it's nice cool so he goes over there i climb a tree up in this area and i get up about halfway i look over to my left and there's another rub so there's literally rubs going in both directions from these two bedding areas um, which made it like the most promising sign that we've hunted or that I've hunted so far this year, uh, actually felt pretty confident in it and, um, great wind. It was a really good sit. It was just all, maybe a little too windy, I guess one could argue, but not enough to like keep me from hunting. So got up there, heard some stuff. I heard what sounded like a buck peeing, like I, it's the weirdest. I don't know. Okay. Like, it's just Very Phil. Specific. Just Phil. No, he wasn't even there. Or maybe he was just bombing the hunt. <laughs> He's just out there pissing in the woods. Uh, but no, so that was over in that thick stuff that I'm talking about where it literally sounded like for like 20 seconds, just like just a horse peeing on the ground or like a, a de- I've never heard a deer pee, but I'm assuming it sounds similar to a horse. And a lot of gravity is what you Yeah, saying. like it was with some force. And uh, I was like, oh, okay. I didn't hear it move before that, and I didn't hear it move after that. So unless it literally stood up, peed, and then laid in its own pee or silently moved around, I don't know. Uh, but that was – I maybe heard some does moving around behind me, but could have been aggressive squirrels, never saw anything. Um, but, they can move quietly in that grass, though. Yeah, and it, it's rained a yeah. decent amount, so that it makes it nice being able to walk through quietly. Uh, but there was a ton of acorns on the ground. So well, and that if it was it windy, too, you can barely hear. Right. So – we're going to go back and hunt that spot. That was actually a, a really, really good spot um, and kind of like cuts off an area. We we hunt like farther into the woods from there. I'm kind of theorizing that there's deer moving through there to the area that we've hunted, so we're kind of like getting ahead of it a little bit. Um, the only problem is I could see other people getting in and hunting that spot just because it's fairly close to the road. Um, but, yeah, that was it. Those was my two hunts. Um, didn't see anything. Go us. Did you all get out? You didn't get out. You you got to wait till gun season, right? 
Did you do He's anything? choosing to wait till gun no, season. No, we just been camping. I haven't hunted or anything. Just in the Okay. Deal. So I went Thursday. And for anybody that skipped the last few episodes I've talked about this, I'm hunting uh lost my normal lease. Um friendly friendly loss. It was uh the guy that's letting his family hunt it this year, which is fine. I've had it for five years for free, so I'm very content with what I've had. But I got an opportunity with my buddy's tree farm. The, um, the deer are grinding up his trees that they try to sell. And so he's not happy. And so kind of worked out that I have um, a couple different spots to, to do some suburban hunting. And I've been out there four and five times now. And there is a deer. <clears throat> I thought it was three and a half year old. I think it's older than that now that I've seen it up close, like within 10 yards. Um, I think it's at least four and a half years old. It has really good mass to it. It is he has a huge G2. Um, and it's probably, this is probably the best buck I've ever had a chance to shoot. Um, and I was all jacked up on Thursday to go out there. So I, I was here at four o'clock and I get a tacticam notification and I look at the thing and there's a truck parked in front of my tree. I and mean, I didn't think anything of it cause this is what they do. They were like in there all day long. Oh. The truck was there for a while. I got like maybe 20 or 30, camera notifications and then they were gone and so i get out there and i see where the truck was like right in front of my tree i didn't think anything of it i get up in the tree and i'm i'm in the tree by like 5 15 5 30 i can't remember um and sit there for a while and it's just like real consistent that they start coming in at six lately um so 5 56 first deer shows up and it was uh i got this one really cool four point it's not the old one i told you guys about but there's like a short stocky one he's only a year and a half old but his beam is grab that one right there Braden, so i can pull it up um i am not kidding you this thing's main beam is like as thick as this down here on the base and he's only a year and a half year old and it comes up straight out and makes a fork at the end and there's i got two deer out there like this so they might be the same gene pool but he's just a four point and he's got this thick beefy um tine uh, two tines that come main beams that come out and I saw him come out and he he's he's even like a beefy year and a half year old like not a huge body yet but just like thick um so he comes out and then I hear like pretty early in the hunt a little bit at maybe 620 or so I hear a deer coming and I recognize it is my target buck and you know we had that whole conversation of like how are you identifying this buck and we talk like I'm like I think it's the body I think I like the body, this thing has a gut on it. It's, it's that big of a deer to where it's not got that, like a slender, mm-hmm. you know, a two and a half year old, generally they're, 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 they're almost like a hunting dog where they kind of come in some, they're kind of lean on the back. This thing has like a granddad beer belly to him. And I recognize it's him. And you can see him. I see him in time and I've learned my lesson. Cause I, he came in the other day and I thought it was, um, I thought it was another deer because I actually think he now I actually think he has two deer that he's sired out there uh, that are his genes because they're I got confused again last night um, so I'll, I'll come back around to this but I was convinced this is my target so I'm getting ready to draw I'm like 15 he's going to come in right here at 15 yards on the other side of this tree and he comes in and hits the spot my wind is going to my left which was going to be perfect. Um, cause he didn't smell me. He wasn't going to smell me until he's dead, right? Like he, until he's shot, like he would have had to be shot before he got to my scent trail. So he hits the spot with the truck and totally freaks out. I've never seen a deer do this. He dropped to his belly as if somebody was shooting at him <gasps> and, and like, he's a person and his legs go out 
and then he jumps back up and he does it again and then he runs off. What? And he was five yards from dead. I've got a, a picture on the Tacticam where I marked and sent um, like how close he was to where I needed him to on the shot. And I'm like, oh my God, man, that, that truck totally screwed me up. Um, the, you know, if I, if he had made it just a little bit further, I could have, I could have hit that, that deer. And I'm like, the red is where he was. That's where I, uh, he was. I needed him to get to the green. So, wow. you know, I'm like, there's no way with, with him being so opposed to that smell, there's no way I'm getting another shot at this deer. 30 minutes goes by and it's a slow night. I, I've, I've told you guys I've seen as many as 17 deer that I've identified out there come in. Well, he comes back 30 minutes later, and i super silent. Um, I look up, and he is – it seems like he's looking at me, but he wasn't. But I have a little window that I can see through uh, out ahead of me, and he's now 25 yards in front of me standing at the truck spot, and he's snorting and sniffing, got his nose in the air, and then he just kind of locks in, and he doesn't move, and I don't move. And I've kind of got my hand on the bow, but it's still on my hanger. And I'm like, all right, big fella. And in three minutes, my heart was racing for three minutes. And, and then finally, I'm like, I'm, I'm like really focusing on trying to get myself to calm down. Because this is, again, it's the best buck I've ever had a chance at shooting. And I get calmed down, and he turns like he's going to walk. And I range it, and it's at 25. And I'm like, this is perfect. I'm, I can't screw this up. And I get calmed down, and he stands broadside. But the trees in front of him, I, all I can see are his back two legs. And I'm like, two oh, steps. No. I need two steps. And and I couldn't swing out any further. And I probably wouldn't have because of the risk of him seeing motion. I can't see which way his head's looking. Um, and he was high alert. He stands there for three more minutes and then zero turn like a lawnmower and left. Did not take another step. Did not even step to the right. He like backed up as if he knew I was there and turn and again no wind he had not winded me yet and i'm like that's it this is crazy i texted a couple of you guys i'm like this is insane i'm not going to get a third shot at this deer well and this is the part i don't know if i told you about because i kind of cut off the texting because the story got a little crazy Um, so this he was your he is the biggest deer out there that i've seen in person or on camera um and so he's just good mass um he's got you know in the middle, he's got big, thick tines. His G2 is huge, uh, big, beefy, and it comes almost around to a point. Like, his wow. his front antlers are very close to touching. And I'm like, this is it. I'll, I'm probably not going to see anything else. Like Or, like, if he leaves, I know there's only a couple other deer that are maybe I would shoot right now. Because, again, I'm still, I'm still really gunning for him. He comes back out 20 minutes later, like getting close to shooting in the shooting light. I think it was seven o'clock. He comes out at the far end of the tree row and he's with the other buck that confused me the other day, I think, because the first, the, the little one came out first and I thought it was him again. And I start looking at him and the body size is very different. Like mm. there's probably a 50 pound difference between these two deer. Mm. And the, the, the big one comes out. Now I'm looking at him side by side and I'm like, I can totally see how I screwed this up the other day because they look so similar on the the rack shape and i've seen three deer now there that have that gene on that that g2 on the back is twice as tall as one of the smaller deer i saw last night and so i'm like he's definitely got a few spawn out here running around i think that he's that's got that same gene and and it's a tighter rack that again kind of meets in the middle 
uh, on the younger one, and then his is wider, and everything's just bigger and more mass. So they start coming in 70, 50. They get to 40, and I'm like, oh, this is happening, I think, because they're working their way down this tree row grazing. And I'm like, if he gets right there, that's like a 27-yard shot, and I'm doing it. I'm, I'm feeling good about it. Plus, I've seen them a lot of times. They'll come back and walk out after that. They may not go down to the pond. So I'm kind of getting myself mentally ready for this. And then two doe and three yearling walk in, and they hit the truck spot, and they do the same thing. They go nuts. Mm. Every one of them go crazy. They're dancing around, and this little button buck was like, kind of playing and like charging the other deer and i'm like okay this complicates things because if you guys have seen my picture i'm wide open on the left side my my strong side is not covered well um so i have to be very careful but i'm like i just added you know what 10 more eyeballs looking around and it's gonna be hard to draw so i'm sitting here thinking on that i haven't even gotten ready to draw yet and the big buck charges in he closed 40 yards to 10 like that like instantaneously charged the doe and he's like snorting around and throwing his head and i'm like oh dude i and i hadn't seen a uh any of them dog a doe yet and I, we're still that, that was on thursday i was like it still it caught me off guard because i wasn't expecting it yet mm-hmm. um you know if it was rut i would have totally expected that that, that deer i shot last year was coming in on a doe right it's like you kind of start to expect it but it, i just inexperienced i guess wasn't ready for it at this point um he charges in and he looks at me for a second, and I freeze. I've got my hand on – I had already removed my bow at that point. I'm holding my bow, and I'm, I'm leaning back, and I've got my bow like this, and it's knocked. And I think I had, I had even uh, got my uh, release on, and I'm waiting. And I'm like, if he starts walking, I've got him. I knew I had a rock uh, ranged, and I knew it's 15 yards. My bow's already dialed to 15. I'm shooting a single pin. And he starts walking, and so I draw. And I'm hanging, and I'm, I'm looking at him, and he he's kind of he's super worked up. And you guys, if you've hunted enough, you see like once a deer is alert, they're alert, right? And he gets to my spot, and I I go meh, and he stopped. And I have anytime I've ever had that, they turn their head, and you get like a three second window where they're evaluating. Well, he starts to turn, and I release because I was I knew he was worked up, and I thought. I have to let this go fast. And I, I release. And I don't know if he hit, he was very close to that truck smell again, like a couple yards away. And the wind was kind of blowing. I told you it was going to my left. So it's kind of blowing, like it's kind of moving like this a little bit. So the wind was kind of inconsistent. I, I think, and like what I'm telling myself in my head, because I didn't do anything that should have jumped him. And he kind of sprang and I probably made a bit of a bad shot. I'm not really sure because I haven't seen the video yet. But he he starts running as I release, and it goes under him, clean miss. Um, and I see sparks fly because it hits gravel. And he jumps, like kind of startles him from the sound, but then he just walked off. Um, and so, and then all the other deer are just kind of like, huh, that was weird. <laughs> you know, it's like I, I'm, huh. I'm super still because uh, my theory – and I called Mike Larson because I, I had I had to tell somebody and I and I wanted to talk to Mike about it. And I was like, I I don't know if I blew out my tree because I don't think he's suspicious of the tree because if he put himself in his shoes, he smells that weird smell. That area is really weird. Mm-hmm. And now something like exploded under him. It's not like he heard anything from me. Smell didn't. I mean, he may have smelled me. He did kind of come through my wind, but there was a lot going on. 
And Mike's like, I'm, he said, from my experience, I would be willing to bet he's going to associate all this like weirdness with that weird smell that was in there that night. He said, he probably won't be back for a few days, but I wouldn't worry about it. So I, I was kind of mad at first, but I really don't know how else I, I should, I guess I should have waited to see if he didn't run um, longer and maybe even more so when he was at 40 yards, maybe I should have already drawn, but I'm like, dude, that's like, I wouldn't have shot that anyways. And he was moving so slow. It could have been another five minutes before he got to me at the pace he was going. So I've replayed this over and over my head. I don't know what I could have done differently besides just not shoot. Um, and again, my experience would have told me after the bleat, when he started to kind of act like he was going to look at me, I would have thought he was going to lock up and he did not. Um, so I go back yesterday with Jacob, my, not Jacob Knight, um, a friend of mine in the startup community I met and gotten to be good buddies with, and he hunts. And so we went back last night, and I, I felt bad. There's only a couple of trees you can hang from. He brought his climber. Mm. I'm like, your options are down here, and I'm going to be down there. Every other hunt I've done, there's deer coming out on both sides, and they'll come out near that tree where I put him, or they'll come out near me. And then sometimes they come out near me and go to him. Sometimes it's like it's been a free-for-all. Well, last night was the slowest activity we've had from deer volume. I put him up in a, a tree out in the middle, and um, he he had a lot of exposure, um, so he not, not a lot of cover. I mean, and so he kind of gets set up in the best way he thinks he can. We sit there for an hour and a half. There's nothing. I told him, like, 6 o'clock is usually when they come in. They didn't come in until 630 but the the big older four point came in. It's funny. He's like almost always the first one in. Um, he comes in, and then that younger one that confused me the other day because I even saw him coming and I got a really close look at him this time. And I'm like, he is like no chance. That's the same deer. And then another deer came in that I actually thought was him uh, too. But I recognized him from the trail camera because his his two right here are wobbly. They're like they're like wavy tines. Mm. I've got him on trail camera somewhere. I can show you guys. Um, he came in and I was like, man, if I hadn't seen this big buck, I would totally shoot this thing. But I passed on him, uh, and let him go. I'm like, I don't know. I've got to Dan's point, the rut's going to hit soon. And all this nice predictability I've got is going to go out the window. But at the same time, what's interesting, I, I was excited to tell you guys about this. Like, no, you've, you've read a ton. I know you've listened to a ton of podcasts, ton of, uh, reading about deer hunting. You know, typically I've always heard rattling in the evening doesn't work. You know what these deer have done every hunt? They're sparring out there like crazy. Really? Last night, these guys, all three of them were fighting at the same time. And it was going on in front of me. And they're like getting kind of riled up. And then they go over in front of Jacob. I, t I told Jacob to come down. Shooting light was done. He's, get he's getting ready to come down. And I'm like texting him like, no, 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 they're coming back. They start slamming each other. I mean, it is so loud. I can hear them from 100 yards away. And it sounds like they're beating two by fours together. And... I'm like, wow. well, this is interesting because I might be able to kind of rattle or grunt some in. And and last night I did grunt trying to pull them back once they passed me, to hoping they would head towards Jacob because Jacob was – he's like, I'll shoot whatever, man. Um, so I was kind of hoping. But they, they actually st did pay attention to the grunting last night. It was the first time they've actually done that. I didn't get them to move, but they, like, were kind of like – they looked up and they kind of, like, gave their look mm -hmm. at it and they didn't see a deer, so they, they didn't come. But – it kind of gave me some hope that even if the rut gets here, I might be able to kind of pull even in the evening, like evening. Usually they tell you like, that's a harder, they're, they've been fighting all day. They may not want to even feel like breeding, like all those calls you think are advantageous kind of wear out. But I don't know if that's going to be true with these guys. I don't know if this like urban hunt is a little bit different scenario or whatever, but, or maybe deer just spar like that. And in the evening, sometimes I could just be catching a one-off, but I've seen it 
I've hunted five times out there and they've sparred 60% of the time that I've been out there. So it was pretty cool. Um, but maybe, maybe I'm dumb. We'll see. So if I end up getting the big one, it'll be smart. If I don't get a, a good one, I'll be an idiot. So it's like one of those things that's like total chance of if I see him again. But the one I saw last night, I would be very happy taking that deer. I'm just kind of rolling the dice and hoping that I get enough looks at him. You're like the coach calling the fake punt on fourth down on like your own 45. Yeah. You're like If you yeah. get it, you you're look a like a genius. Yeah. If you don't, you're probably going to get fired. Yeah. So are you going, <laughs> are you going back out this weekend? I don't know, man. I haven't even thought past today, to be honest with you. Are you um, going out today? My, I have my car loaded and ready to go at all times, but I can't go today. I have a, I'm podcasting with Matt Ranella tonight, so. Oh <laughs> Lord, yeah. So that'll be fun. I'm sure. I'm sure he would have an interesting take on my hunting suburban, because uh, he says if you hunt a lease, you might as well just go to the store and buy it. So. Oh, I well, can't. Not if you pass on everything you see. Yeah, I am. I am going <laughs> to end up buying it at this rate. You uh, might as well just go to the store and pass on everything. Like, yeah, there's, <laughs> nope. There's nope, a grocery nope. store right down the street. Uh, it's it's weird. Jacob was kind of laughing about how odd it is. I mean, there's uh, we had last night. We had I had more noise last night than probably any night I've been out there. There's kids screaming. Some woman was out in the backyard talking. There was uh, another set of kids screaming. These two dogs were going ham the whole time. Deer are just used to it, though. You know, it's just like they get used to farming <coughs> equipment. These deer are just used to all the suburban noise. What? How did they react to the spot where the truck was last night? So what was interesting, they were out there again on Saturday. Um, no, Friday, because I hunted Thursday. And then Friday they were back out there. And I sent Mike a picture of it. And I was like, oh, God, they're back. Because I need that spot. In my mind, I needed it to rain and wash that out. Mm-hmm. Um, and Mike's like, honestly, man, like, it, it doesn't – necessarily work against you because it might just if it stays there and they're trying to get in for that food they kind of will just accept that that smell is a part of the deal and it's not like i mean you could smell diesel fuel and stuff um once you get up around the barn that's those smells are always there but uh mike was saying that because they spent i had to turn my camera i I was trying to turn my camera off remotely because it sent me 50 pictures on friday and i was like man i'm burning through my my allotment here um and I, I screwed up when I was trying. I actually, <laughs> you have a window to leave it on, and I actually l- turned it off during the window I wanted it on, so mm-hmm. I was an idiot. Oops. Um, but I, so I didn't get any pictures all weekend because I had my camera settings screwed up. But uh, I, I'm now. What was your question? How did they react to the? Oh, uh, this. Oh, and then spot. I knew I was going somewhere. So they, they, what they were doing though, they had brought out these big landscaping stones and moved them around. And the deer, every deer that walked out recognized that those weren't there before, and they would kind of hang up looking at them, deciding if they wanted to proceed or not, which is why I told my buddy, he's like, you can put a blind up. I was like, I don't think we should do that because even with these deer that have stuff moving around, like stones or those pots, they're used to seeing move around. But like if I show up with a blind, even if it's camouflage, I think it could blow them out like from that, that good spot. And right now... My stand is in the absolute primo spot. I mean, 60% of the time, my target deers are coming out right there. So, deers. I wonder, uh, you know that nose jammer stuff? Yeah. It's like synthetic vanilla. I, honestly, I almost wonder spraying that spot with that. Because for whatever reason, I was reading about it. Like, I have their uh, Windicator. So, yep. it's like, it still smells. That's It's like that vanilla-y smell. And I was like, what is in this? It smells like vanilla. And it's like, yeah, it's, it's, yeah. it is it's fake vanilla, like vanilla-ish or Supposedly something. Supposedly, it like overload overwhelms them well and, and they can't like 
their olfactory like is it goes beaver nuts. beaver butt gland no it smells like that but it's, it's not it's, it's like it's synthetic vanilla mm. is really what it is and i've read you can like you can make it yourself and stuff but uh i don't know at what point it's considered baiting which you all can do i guess in kentucky i'm not baiting on this property but i know but like at but what point private, can you, you can. spray you can you can bait on private i know but like for i'm in indiana and you can't no, i, I was just know. wondering i was reading about people saying they spray it on the ground and people like deer come by and like smell it and yeah. like don't freak out i wonder if you could spray that on that gas and i don't know deer deer can smell in layers so i don't think yeah. you can really cover something like that up but and i also don't know exactly where it is i mean we we're talking about a area mm-hmm. bigger than this room and every day i mean i'm sure that trucks they are every other day dripping diesel at a slightly it's different not, spot it hasn't been there but they have um a side by side they had some kind of like bobcat thing out there the other day moving those rocks around i'm sure um so and because they had been all like a 130 degrees around my tree was all moved around uh which is part of what is making this challenging like it's obviously i have a good thing and like i kind of joke about like oh the deer won't show up before six which makes it a little more predictable than normal but at the same time i am dealing with a lot of human interaction that is unpredictable like that truck i would not have thought about that blowing that deer up like that i mean i've never seen a deer do that i would have thought he would have left the way he came back in but it was like such an overload for him that it kind of like blew his brain of oh my god what is going on and he belly flopped I wonder what are they? Uh, do they show up at the same time on the weekends when there's no human activity during the day? So yeah. they're just setting. I was. I mean, last clockwork. night we were there last night, and they huh. showed up at. They showed up late last night. It was uh, like six thirty before the first one came in because I, I, I sent Jacob a text. I said maybe the bus doesn't run on Sundays. Right. That's uh, what I was wondering. Like, is it different if there's no human activity? I've during seen the day? one photo um, of a deer out there in the morning on a weekend, hmm. but otherwise they're oh not my out gosh. there. But like that part of it makes it a little more predictable, but there's still, I mean, you're still trying, I'm still trying to kill a mature deer that is very good survival genes. Like he, he got hung up on that weird smell and it saved his life, you know? Yeah. One way or another. Yeah. He doesn't know why. No. That belly flop thing is wild. I'm going to try to find some videos of deer doing that. I've never. It looked like a belly flop from my position. I I can't wait to get the video and see if he actually did. Cause you know, you're in a stand. I couldn't really tell how low he got, but I did see his legs kick out, which was pretty interesting that's weird instead of just running he like <laughs> dropped so when you so. say get video you mean from your trail cam yeah i, I can't pull it to my phone so I'll, I'll i'll see those when i uh Why not? what cameras are you using Tactic i think camera? i i think you have to have a premium account and i'm cheap oh my i don't have the premium account and i can request videos really yeah yeah same. have you done the f- i thought there was like an upgrade or something they cut they charge you like five bucks for that's 50 it, yeah. videos yeah i don't want to pay five bucks oh well, you're, oh, you're oh, paying it's worth it. 10 cents <laughs> why would i but like i i don't need like it's not get. i i get it i get the value of it but yeah. like i'm getting the photo i have it set to do two photos before the videos are cool but i'll just look at those later when i pull them so, yeah, so you get works, you get the video on the SD card even yeah. if oh really yeah so that's why I'm not gonna like I'm, that's why I'm saying I'm not gonna pay to pull it because most of the time I'm just looking to see which deer is coming through you have to set your camera to do picture and video mm-hmm. or it does won't do it to the yeah, SD I, card you might be able to change this but mine does two photos before and then it starts recording the video so where that's been helpful is on the times that like it got a half of a buck and the video yes. caught the rest of it and I've got some cool videos of them sparring you know. Yeah, that's that's what ours being out like. I like the video pool for like being out somewhere that we don't want to go. But I, the way ours is set up, a lot of times we'll get like 
a picture of like the back half of the deer or whatever and then you get the video and you get it like fully walking yeah. by that has saved our butts those transmissions times. though do run out your battery um that's mm. the other that's the other thing i don't that's like about point. that like you every time you pull the camera's working to push that that yep. file <laughs> so yep which i have mindset to push as photos happen right now same um, it doesn't it just it just because i'm always like excited I, it's not like it's informing me it doesn't give me any hunting advantage in my opinion i've i've heard of people turning that off if you're like on property and your other cameras firing oh, yeah. off because there's a deer there and it's like that's getting to Sporting be a little reasons yeah it's like it's getting to be a little unfair um but i'm not like if i'm there i'm behind the camera i already know what's there um so yeah anyways we'll see uh how it goes i'm gonna try to get jacob back out because he's hunting he said he's hunting just his house. It's like one acre right now, and he's like, I'm not seeing anything, so if I can get him back over there, I will. But Yep, going out uh, Friday and Saturday again, maybe Sunday. We'll see. But. Yeah. I haven't thought that far ahead yet. I got a, a lot of kids' activities I got to coordinate around I'm right going now. scouting this weekend with a buddy. We're going to camp out, so Saturday, Sunday. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. yeah, we did a camp out. I'm, I'm exhausted right now. We did a camp out on um, Saturday, and it was a full day, like from morning until Sunday morning, and – um, I walked like 10 miles at the Cub Scout camp here in Kentucky. Um, just my son got to shoot, uh, BB guns, archery. He shot a ton on the archery at the end of it. We kind of showed up and they were just letting him rip cause nobody else was in line. He shot like 50 arrows on the second time wow. he came Dude, through. So yeah. like a trad bow or. Uh, Braden, it's like the Braden kids can only shoot 47 before his arm gives yeah. out. <laughs> yeah, check the YouTube comments on that video. I'm getting blasted. Um, I'm going to the doctor today for my shoulder, by the way. <laughs> I'm a wreck. It's those little junior bows, um, kind of like a trap bow, but they're synthetic. Um, but, you know, he was just working on form, and I was trying to help him with as much as I could. And yeah. By the end of it, he was hitting target every time. He was super pumped. He got uh, one just outside of the bullseye. and nice yeah that's cool because it's like that instinctual shooting or whatever like that's a cool thing to learn at a young age i feel like yeah i mean i I never shot a bow at that age so yeah um i know a lot of kids start even younger probably some of our listeners have kids that they've started younger but my son has been shooting at a summer camp that he does uh every summer and so he's kind of gotten some interest in it and i i think that's going to be what he wants for christmas this year because he wants to do archery team next year yeah so that's sick yeah i love it all right. Well, thank you all for listening to this episode of Uncensored. Thank you again to gunbroker.com. Uh, check Today. out Gunbroker <laughs> for all of your waterfowl or hunting needs. We have Dan Hood, Erica Johnson, Braden Ware, and Brad Luttrell on this episode. Please log this show on Go Wild. Hit the plus sign, log time, hit Outdoor Podcast. You will find us there at the top, Uncensored. You can pick the show you're listening to. And then you can earn points for sharing your opinions with us. Points get you rewards in that gear buying season. So you might get a discount. You might get a little something-something from Derek here at the HQ. You could get a sticker. Uh, All kinds of good stuff that you can unlock with those rewards. So check it out, and thank you all for listening.